What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, and this is another edition of Kyle Meredith with an ongoing interview series presented by 919 WFPK Independent Louisville and Consequence of Sound. So this time around, I get to talk to Colin Malloy of the Decemberists. They just released their brand new record, I'll Be Your Girl. We get to talk about it being uh, a lot more synth heavy than we've uh, ever known the Decemberists for as well as a nice little credit in their liner notes that uh, thanks special counsel Robert Mueller. It's all in the interview. Colin Malloy of the Decemberists. Hi. Hi. Louisville. L- Louisville. Louisville. You're, you're close. Louisville. Sorry, I'm such a <laughs> Pacific Northwesterner. It's all right. It's, a, it's good to talk to you again, Colin. We're excited to have you guys back down here. Oh, we're excited to go. Yeah, love love um, your city. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good safe way to play that right there. It's uh, you yeah, know, you, yeah. you can say Louisville. I mean, we were named after a very bad king uh, of King Louis, but uh, you know, uh, so right. it's, yeah, it's it's fine. Well, I know how people send, you know people say Oregon, and I just don't want to be one of those people. So I'll just say that lovely city. <laughs> Well, congratulations. I know today's the release day for I'll Be Your Girl. This uh, is already one of my favorite Decemberist records. It's, it's interesting, too, because on paper, uh, you, you look, sort of look back at the history of rock and the ones who did it right and the ones who did it wrong. And so almost this was like perfect timing for this record. It's almost like in your catalog exactly when this record should have arrived. Uh, I don't know hmm. if you get that sense or not. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I... I... I, I guess so. If, if that's the case, it's purely accidental. Um, I, I honestly think of this band and myself as a songwriter as mostly just sort of bumbling through my career and making good decisions occasionally and bad decisions, but occasionally it's just sort of a roll of the dice. But I appreciate that you feel that way. Yeah, because it, you've done it before. I mean, you know, the Hazards of Love's an easy touch tone. That every moment when the Decemberists sort of started sounding like themselves, you mixed it up. You threw a really great curveball in there. 
Were there talks going into this record when you said this one's got to be completely a, a different thing, a different beast? No, I, I think if we had done that, it, it there's it, the potential of it being contrived would be too much of a risk. So, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you want to be making true music. You know, you want to be writing something true. Uh, if you're doing it just for the sake of making something different, I think in, invariably that won't be true. So my my take on is that, that I I suspected that I had fallen into habits as an artist, not necessarily bad habits, but there was, you, you know, it seemed like we were kind of getting to a point where you, you know, putting things into a program and, and while they were comfortable and sort of successful even occasionally, I felt as, as an artist, you know, wanted to try to expand the boundaries a little bit. So um, mostly set out just to create an environment, you know, using a, a different studio, using a different producer that would give us license to make different choices, make different decisions. And, and that's really how this record formed. And it's always sort of fun talking to you about, you know, some older bands, especially in the 80s and how they relate to, you know, influence and stuff like that. And, and, and you know, the Smiths is, is an easy touchstone in there as well and a few yeah. others. But... But like, thanks to the synth this time around, it feels like you get to wear some different costumes. Were there? Uh, yeah. Were there any specifically? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I got to pretend to be in New Order occasionally. <laughs> um, got to pretend to be in The Cure, also a few moments, and also in T Rex. It's it's fun. I mean, if you're in a band, half of the fun is you know. I mean, the reason that people are even in bands is because they want to be you know creating the music that they want to they want to be the bands that they loved you know but you can't be the band that you can only be your own band so yeah i mean it, it you know over the years we've we've definitely put on different outfits and and have really reveled in that now with this uh you know synth sound with your new order and, and depeche mode and the cure seeping in there do you apply that to any of the older songs when you go out on tour is that opportunity uh, there well no because because i don't you know, I, I'm. I, I honestly, I feel like this record, with its arrangements, fits in pretty well with our, with our, the rest of our records. And and I have no interest in in rebranding us as some sort of synthesizer heavy band. This is just part of our, you know, part of our body of work. So w w there's a few places where we're slipping in, kind of cheekily slipping in a, f a few synth things. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, we're, we're messing with arrangements, but also keeping it fairly, you know, organic. I had uh, I, I talked to David Byrne just a few days ago about his new record, and, and he's out doing this thing called Reasons to be Cheerful. And then I looked at your record and I saw a s song that said everything is awful mm -hmm. and life's great balance. <laughs> both, both can be true. They are not mutually exclusive. That, uh, that song came right after the election, right? I read it it did it did it was just sort of it just kind of bubbled over you know and i i don't know that i intended it to be republic consumption like so many songs i think i just kind of wrote it and played it for my wife to make her laugh and she said that's good you should do that um and so that's how it kind of came to be a band song now, are you still feeling sort of that way? Because I know we've all gone through our own ups and downs, and I see that later on in, in the, uh, at least in the, uh, the credits that I got, you do thank Special Counsel Robert Mueller. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, no, I think everything is just as awful as it was then. I mean, uh, you know, it it it's it's not a sentiment of of me like chucking out 
you know, everything I believe in and just saying I'm done, everything is terrible. I I would hope, and I think that people have responded to it this way, is that it's sort of more of a rallying cry or sort of a blanket we can all share. One of the nice things about after the election, I think immediately after the election, there was a real onset, for me at least, of depression and despair that was not funny, that was real. Um, you know, thinking about my kids, thinking about my family, thinking about the country. Uh, but then finding that there were so many other people that felt the same way. There was suddenly, there was almost this community, you know, and we saw that in the, the Women's March. We're continually seeing that, the March for Our Lives. People really coming together under this this uh, feeling of everything is awful. Why did it take us so long to, to, to discover this? Let's do something about it. So I, I think that that song is really has more to do with that than just kind of a throwing in the towel. Yeah, it's an easy reference to go back to uh, to say what a terrible world, what a beautiful world. Funny yeah, like kind of fall on the the on the on the on the former. Yeah, I also want to ask uh, the song that closes it out, which is the title track, "I'll Be Your Girl," is mm-hmm. a beautiful song. Just such a beautiful song. And I, but I wondered, is that um, is that just a character study, or, or are you also saying something about gender with that? Because it's kind of an interesting in no. that context. Yeah, it's not a character study. Uh, I don't, you know, if it was sung by a girl, it wouldn't be. It's not interesting. Uh, the re- the reason is I th- I think that it works is because it's sung by a man. Uh, you, you know, to to me that that sentiment, the I'll be your girl. I'm your man, I'll be your man, I'm the guy for you. You know, there's something really gendered and masculine about rock and roll, you know. And uh, I thought it would be interesting, and particularly in light of, of these days when there are so much conversations, so many conversations happening about gender roles, gender fluidity, you know, to kind of flip that a little bit and uh, see what I'll be your girl means being sung by a man. It's cool, and a great way to close out such a good record. And uh, a sort of a title track for the tour, Your Girl versus Your Ghost. It's a, yeah. it's a cool play there. So, Thank um, you. Yeah, well, we look forward to seeing you here in Louisville. And, and again, all the praise for this record. Uh, you knocked it out of the park, man. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening. And thanks to Colin Malloy of the Decemberists for calling in. Their brand new record is called I'll Be Your Girl. And don't forget to subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube page for interviews from all of your favorite artists and head to WFPK.org for some fine radio station action. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments. Not minutes, like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. (sighs) Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.